Hello, Breakthrough listeners. This is Erwin, host of the November 9th Wealth Hacker Conference in Toronto with keynote by Mr. 10X himself, Grant Cardone. If you're serious about creating multiple streams of income to get freedom from your job, support your kids through school, we will be hosting an all-day masterclass for beginner to professional investors to get on the fastest path to achieving your goals. For more details, go to wealthhacker.ca and your special discount code is BREAKTHROUGH. Again, that's wealthhacker.ca for details, discount code BREAKTHROUGH. Sandy and Rob already have their tickets and we will see you all there. Hi, this is Dion Beg from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, episode 95. Hello and welcome again to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake. Here with me again is Sandy McKay. Hey, Rob. Hey, Sandy. What's going on? Uh, you know, busy, busy, having fun during the summer and uh, getting ready for a big fall. Lots of action and lots of stuff happening in real estate. So lots of stuff going on. You? Uh, yeah, there's a couple of things with us too. We've got um, one project wrapping up. So excited to get tenants into there. The second suite in Oshawa. And uh, just last week I picked up a student rental in Peterborough. I saw that somewhere actually, Peterborough. That's exciting. We've had, we've had some people talking about Peterborough on here in the last, at least this year, right? So um, I guess that's a hot market. It's a good market right now. It has been for many of my clients. That's where I'm making the drive up all the yeah. time. So, um, yeah, I did a video and put it up on YouTube just to walk through what, you know, the pros, mostly the pros, but I guess there are a couple of cons with the uh, video, but uh, walk through the new property and just explained why we bought it. So that's up on YouTube. If you want to go over to YouTube and just type in Rob Brake, it's probably going to be the first one there unless I put up some uh, new ones in the meantime before the show comes out. What so, is it? Student rental? How many students? It's going to be six. Six. I think uh, I saw the bridge price. High 300s? <clears> 370. There? 370, yeah. Yeah, so we bought it for 370. Uh, the city allows you to register these, as they call them, small dwelling units. So they, the funny thing is, as long as they're all students, you can do this if you start putting um, other people in, then, it, then they count it as a rooming house, right? But so long as you got students, you go through the registration process with them. Um, you know, it's all the standard stuff. The fire department comes in, city comes in to make sure that you're, that you've uh, done everything you're supposed to do to get ready. So as far as like ceiling height, light requirements, egress, escape window, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they allow you to run it essentially like a rooming house where you can have locks on the doors, you can have separate leases, and uh, this one was really interesting because we pretty much didn't need to do anything at all to it. Uh, we got to pop a window in to one room and that's basically it. 
that's basically it. And then, uh, and those students that are going to where, where the school they go to, they're lemming. Is that what they go or what's the school? It could be either or what I've, what we've found is it doesn't really matter as long as you're close to transit. I've got some, um, clients in the South end of Peterborough, which is much closer to Fleming and they filled their place with Trent students. You know, they were the only ones that showed up because I was there the day that they were showing it a big mob of students out on the front lawn and turns out they're all from Trent. So it's interesting up there. And then when my wife went there many years ago, not that many years ago, but many years ago, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, it was, she lived in the North end and went to Fleming in the Southwest end. So it, it seems like really the most important thing is the proximity to transportation, right? And, and amenities. They want a few amenities. Mm-hmm. Nice. But yeah, go check out that video. Uh, We're super excited. And, uh, and we'll keep you posted on progress as well. And, uh, and of course, I want to go over our website, breakthroughrapodcast.ca, pick up our uh, free report, the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate. And uh, you'll get on our list as well when you do that. Hear about all the property tours, events coming up, all sorts of stuff. So jump on there so you don't miss out. You also get an update on every show once it gets released. So, um, so jump on over to the, our website, breakthroughreipodcast.ca, and make sure you're you're staying up to date. And we do really want to uh, thank everybody who leaves reviews on iTunes. Um, that is where the majority of people listen to the podcast from. So we really do appreciate the people that go over and leave us their feedback good or bad, let us know what you think. And, um, and Sandy and I make slight improvements every once in a while. So we like to hear about that stuff. Um, so another thing too, is aside from iTunes, I have somebody on Facebook that, uh, just contacted us the other day through our, our page, our breakthrough uh, investment page on, um, Facebook. And it's Christy Gabriel asking, is the podcast available on other outlets? So I'm not sure whether she just means other outlets uh, aside from the website itself, because I know there's, there's, there's not a big amount of people, but about 50, 60 people usually in the first like couple of weeks will download straight from the site, uh, from the website, breakthroughreipodcast.ca. Uh-huh. So uh, aside from that though, Christy, you can listen to us on Stitcher. You can listen to us on iTunes. And, um, and uh, I mean, I was on Android for a long time and I used to get mine through something called Podcast Addict. And there's a bunch of different podcasts. There's a bunch of different ways to listen to podcasts through Android, but that's just the one I use. There's all kinds of different choices out there. So yeah, lots of different ways to listen to this show. Um, just find some kind of a podcast player and type into the search, Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, and we should come up. And if, oh. you're not on, if you're not on somewhere, just email us or... Uh, search us out on Facebook, reach out. Uh, we'll find a way to get on whatever platform you're listening on or wanting to listen on. Uh, I think I did a, a funny thing with this the other day too. Um, but, you know, you can just, if you're, if you're listening on Amazon or, or Google speaker or whatever, you can just say, uh, for example, at my house, I just say, Hey Google play breakthrough real estate investing podcast. And it starts right. the most recent one. Simple as that. Life's getting easy. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Anything else? No. Well, I mean, what do you got going on? Anything? Uh, lots of stuff. <laughs> lots of stuff. I'm going to Russia next week. Excited about that. That sounds uh, like fun. Business stuff. That's uh, that's uh, that's what's happening personally. <laughs> We're going to be over there for a couple of weeks. My wife, Kate's from uh, from there. We're going to St. Petersburg. Spend uh, ten or eleven days over there, and 
yeah, it's going to be going to be cool. Going to be not. I think it's going to be a bit colder than here, but not not crazy cold like Russia sometimes obviously can be up mm-hmm. there. But uh, should be fun. We're going to go over there and see. I don't know. I don't really know what's back. To be honest, I've never been there. It'd be a bit different. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like fun. Is that a business write-off? Or? I actually think. Uh, we might be able to find a way to do that. I don't know. I do know we're going to actually probably be recording one of our next episodes from there, I believe. So that's going to be interesting. Hopefully that works out well. And uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll have a bit different backdrop besides these pineapples or whatever these are behind me. <laughs> well, looking forward to that. Yeah. I'll explore some real estate. I'll do at least an hour of real estate exploring there and maybe come back with some wisdom on that or something, something that cool that they do over in Russia. Hey, that would be interesting. Uh, so should we get to our guest? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. I'm excited. All right. So we've got a, a, our guest standing by here, Dylan Studer. Um, I will I'll, I'll read a quick bio here and then uh, we'll say hello and get into it. Uh, Dylan, according to Dylan's mother, he's always, he's always been known as the who, what, where, when, and why kid. And, uh, and that didn't stop in his younger years. Always looking to self-discover, self-improve, and live a lifelong learning lifestyle. Uh, Dylan continues to invest in himself year over year. For the past 12 years, Dylan has been an investor and recently started taking a massive action through all of the learning. He decided no better time than now. And since October 3rd, uh, 2018, so not even a year ago, uh, Dylan's massive action has turned into 215 doors. Uh, so 215 doors all in the last year. Is that right? Or is that a few from before? That's, uh, that's basically what I've done since the October 3rd was our first closing um, on one of my partnerships that uh, has turned into a pretty awesome adventure for us. And, and then most recently, just this past week on my first building. So uh, the building closes September 26th. So I'll be able to say that I've actually purchased and closed 215 if I don't buy anything more before October 5th or October 3rd. So that doesn't include my personal portfolio, which is another uh, six stores, five properties and six stores in my personal name. That's just all in corporate name from, from the past 12 months. Awesome. So, well, welcome to the show, first of all. And, uh, and uh, that's a, I think that's a powerful intro. I think people are going to want to stick around and learn how you've been able to do that. That's a pretty big number. And, uh, and uh, we're excited to learn more. Anything else to add to that bio there? Or is that pretty much cover it for now? No, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm just kind of surprised that when you, uh, you talked about what you're up to, obviously you're very humble and don't speak about everything you're doing. But uh, <laughs> we're doing something together that we'll touch on later on as well. We'll, we'll, we will we'll get yeah. to that in a bit. We will. Good. Yeah. Good thing you mentioned that. Stick around to learn about that. We've got an awesome event coming up where you're going to learn from, well, Dylan and I are pretty involved in it and some others. And uh, we're going to share a bit about that more uh, a bit into this uh, interview here and uh, tell you all about it. It's going to be a massive event happening around uh, uh, later on a couple, couple months from now, actually. Yeah, that's exciting. And thanks for being here. Um, yeah, you, you got to pry info out of Sandy. He doesn't volunteer it. <laughs> I found I found that out the hard way working with him pretty closely over the last uh, year year and a half. So it's, yeah. he just kind of keeps it quiet until you ask him about it. <laughs> uh, okay, Dylan, tell us briefly how you got started in real estate investing, and I guess from there all the way up to what it looks like today. You've touched on it. Now let's expand. Yeah. So I guess um, I actually read in a newspaper article just a couple of weeks ago about how houses are so unaffordable, and, and I hear can't afford first-time home buyers are struggling and then there was an article that came out that was about uh three couples that got together they pulled their money together they pulled their down payment together and they all purchased a house together and lived in that house um they lived in the house for three years then after that three years they refinanced it kept it as a rental property and had enough equity that they could pull out 
that all three of them could go and buy 5% down. And I would say that I kind of got started in a similar manner. Um, it was, I was 18 years old and my mom didn't want to continue to pay for my rent uh, at university. So she said, well, it's either your, your call on trying to come up with the capital to pay for rent or we'll, we'll work with you, we'll co-sign on a home and you can run your first rental property. And so I did, I ran my first rental property for uh, four years of university and I actually kept it a couple of years afterwards as a, as a rental property afterwards. And so I bought that property at 18 as a student rental, not really understanding a whole lot about what real estate investing was all about. Just knowing my, my parents had a couple of properties. My mom says, and she's always been a, a little bit into real estate investing into kind of creating wealth through um, So yeah, that was kind of the start. And from there, I just, I kind of took it from there. So I was the one who managed that property I collected rent from my roommates. I was I ended up living for free. Uh, you'll see throughout the, the whole interview we have here that, that failure is always, uh, there's always, there's always hiccups and always failures that I've learned from. And uh, one of the first years I figured, hey, you know what, prime rib's good, I like that. So I, sent, so I spent some rent checks on uh, prime rib and steak dinners and bottle service. And it was, it was a fun time in university, um, but obviously you paid for it. So I remember having to take out a, a loan because my mom said, hey, this is on you. you. You made your bed and I sleep in it. So. Um, I took out a loan to pay off those debts and to continue working. And I started a painting company at a young age and that painting company, basically I had to work as hard as I had to, to pay off my debts, and I totally uh, owned it. And so what I did after I sold that property is I ended up making out, I think it was about five or six years later after I owned it. Um, I did the renovations on trying to clean it up at the end and, and work with the realtor made 60, 65 grand, something in that somewhere in that range. And so I ended up purchasing a new bill. Um, I was one of my clients, one of my painting clients was a realtor and talked about new build opportunities and, and the fact that the market's going up and you can buy now and close in two, three years. And so I had about 50% of what I needed to put down and I said, sure, let's do it. So I signed off at it and uh, I think it was 45 or 50,000 um, total. And I put 15,000 down initially and I have had a couple of $5,000 checks for the rest of the deposit I needed. And so each month I had to make sure I had enough money in my account to, to fill that check. So that kind of taught me another lesson on, you know, make sure you have the money before you spend it. And if you don't, make sure you have the plan in place. So I ended up going out and I was knocking on doors. I was making phone calls. I was on site painting if I had to, working 12, 14 hours a day. Whatever I really had to to make sure that I was able to, to, to close on that property. And uh, a few years later, I, I closed on it. So my, my first rental that I personally purchased outside of that um, student rental was in 2016, I closed. And that was a condo, or sorry, yeah, a condo in Stony Creek. Uh, new build condo in Stony Creek that I'm uh, I still own today, and then after it closed, I was like, hey, this is kind of cool. Uh, there's been some appreciation. Nothing had sold. Uh, I'm sure you guys are all familiar with the fact that you should be living in a home for a year. That's kind of what the government says, or, or there's HST penalties and, and stuff like that. So I lived in it for a year and, and got my HST back. Um, owned it for a year, and, and in that year, I was like, oh, well, I'm gonna buy another one. So I bought another condo, and the same thing over again and then I bought my first flip um, all over the course of probably 12 months and initially started out as a conversation with a realtor saying hey let's let's look at St. Catharines at a three or 350 and we'll put 50,000 in and make 50 grand or whatever it may be and then we ended up buying in Burlington at 605,000 so it was a bit of a different uh, purchase and it was it was a flip that that uh, I don't want to say went wrong but again another area of, of learning through failure fail forward uh, we purchased it at 605 we thought we'd sell it for eight eight fifty um, we thought we'd put 80 grand in well a year and a bit went by we kind of took our time more so we were living in the property and then the spring of 2017 hit so we were supposed to be listed March 2017 and we were a couple months behind we didn't get it listed until May 2017 
And as I'm sure you guys are well aware of, the Halton and Hamilton regions didn't do too well in uh, April and May of 2017. So we saw about a 20% decrease on the number that we thought we would be getting. And uh, we, we, we would have still gotten, I think 970 was the appraised value we got. We wanted to get 1.2 at that point. The market was appreciating in 2016, 2017 uh, at a ridiculous rate. So we kind of got that in our head and, and decided, no, we're not going to. So instead of cutting our losses, we decided to try another strategy. So we ended up refinancing the home at 970 and Airbnb it. And even to this day, it's used as a short-term rental. So it's been another opportunity for me to learn another real estate investing market <laughs> without really planning on it. Um, so as you can tell, everything I've just kind of set up till now is buy a student rental without really knowing it, buy a new build without really knowing it, buy another new build without really knowing it, or having the money for it, buy a flip without knowing the market, without knowing where I'm going, and then finding a way to make it work. And I think that's the, the big thing is that when you're successful in real estate or when you're successful in anything, it's when bumps in the road always happen, they always come along and it's, it's how you deal with them that really defines you. So we were able to make, uh, make really good use of it. And instead of regular rents that would have made us lose money each month, um, we were averaging in 2018, we averaged 6,300 a month and uh, regular rents would be probably about 3,000. And right now we have it rented on an eight month lease short term for 5,500 furnished. So that lease is up in February of 2020, as long as their house is ready, they had a fire. And if it isn't, then we're going to extend a couple of months, but then we'll be relisting at the property uh, probably in the 1.1 range. Um, and that'll be coming next spring. So it's been a really good experience, really fun along the way. And throughout that, that's when I started educating and really pouring into myself. And I did a program called the flipping formula and spent 72,000. I think it was uh, that same year I was doing the flip and went through that program. Probably wasn't the best for me. Although again, it's one of those things where I, I kind of jumped in first and then figured it out afterwards. And it was a really good experience. It introduced me to Rain, which introduced me to the Right Club, which introduced me to these podcasts, which introduced me to all kinds of education that I've just been a lifelong learner and always curious about. It. So really finding the passion in real estate um, has, has been what's dri driven me to get to, to where I am today. And, and over the last 12 months, as you can see, I've been educating, educating, educating since really 2016. And, and I spent a ton of money on education and on courses, which you don't have to do. Although to take your, your education to the next level, I would recommend once you have the base, the foundation, then you can kind of start spending on larger programs. Um, there's a number of, of more inexpensive programs. I mean, just day events, the right club. I know Sandy, you do some, I think Rob, you do some up there as well. Uh, there's some out in London. There's all kinds of, of day, day long events that are 25 bucks or 50 bucks or free because they're hosted by a realtor. You can learn a lot of really valuable information along with podcasts and stuff like this. So that's kind of a past and a history of, of how I got to the last year. And uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll dig deeper into the last 12 months over the next few questions. Well, okay. Well, let's jump into it right now then. Let's talk about the last year. Um, so at, at the point at you, um, you started Airbnb, that bigger place, and then you decided to incorporate and jump to the next level. Is that what happened? Well, yeah. So I started Airbnb in that place and realized how valuable it was. And so I took the condo that I was currently living in. I said, Hey, if I can, instead of getting 1800 or 1700 a month in regular rent, why don't I Airbnb it? So I started Airbnb that as well. And I was averaging 26, 2700. Um, obviously condo regulations have since changed and they've cracked down a little bit, although it wasn't built into my initial agreement. So I have a, I, I'm kind of grandfathered. They don't make it fun. Although it's, uh, it was, I was getting 50% higher rent in the condo. So I'm like, why wouldn't I keep doing it? Um, so additional cash flow, which is nice, doesn't change your appreciation or mortgage pay down unless you decide to. Um, but we started doing the condo and then I, uh, through my painting company, I actually met, uh, who's now my business partner, um, on a job that his mom 
knew me from, or knew my family from back when, wanted me to do the painting and they had a fire. So we did some drywall repair and painting. And we just talked about some government grants and something that I've noticed in business is that there's always someone out there to help in some capacity, whether it's through having a conversation or a podcast or a grant and, and researching those grants is really important. So I, I stumbled across a grant that could help my painting company. And then while I was painting this property, um, I just started sharing that. I said, Oh, you know what? This is a program that I looked into. I was eligible. I qualified. And it was a training program that has helped my business grow. And I shared that information with, uh, with Robbie and, and he took that and then that was it. I, I kind of painted his mom's house and, and that was back in 2015, 2016, maybe 2017. It was a while back anyways. Um, and so then uh, it, it was kind of left there and, and I just kind of gave him the information and then I bumped into a, a little while later and, uh, and he was doing what he, what he was talking about by Renovate Refinance. And when he first told me about it, I, I just I laughed at it. And I said, oh, banks won't let you do that. There's no way they're going to do it. It'll max you out at three or five houses. And my mom coming from a Scotiabank background, that was all I knew. And without knowing more, I didn't, uh, I didn't believe them. So I kind of had the conversation. I'm like, yeah, you know what, prove it and I'll believe you later. And then I started obviously educating through uh, the legacy program and he's fired a number of different programs. Rockstar is good at it as well. And then I started realizing, wait a second, if more than just Robbie is doing this, maybe this is a strategy I should inquire about. I should learn more about it. So I started learning more about it. And then I reached back out and I said, Robbie, I want to kind of sit down and, and pick your brain on what you've been doing and, and kind of go a little deeper into it. So we met up for coffee and, and he was super open and, and basically shared everything. And I remember the, the time he mentioned, he said exact, his exact words were, um, I knew when you came into my house and you told me about this government grant and you told me all about how it could help my business and it had no benefit to you whatsoever. I knew at that point in time, I wanted to be in business with you. And that really opened my eyes to kind of giving back and not just giving money, but also giving your time or your knowledge. And it didn't cost me anything to have that conversation with him. And he's been a catalyst to the growth and the success that I've had over the last 12 to 15 months. Um, so that conversation was really what kind of sparked giving back and, and being intentional about the conversations I have and being grateful and, and having sharing gratitude. And we just sat down at that point in time and, and used some of the systems and models that I've learned through uh, Keller Williams and made a plan on what we were going to do. And at that point in time, we, we kind of made a plan to do four properties a year um, starting in January. That's right. Four properties a month starting in January. And through the other education I had, I, I found a broker that was willing to do private lending. And I heard your podcast. It was, it was the podcast I'm currently on actually always talked about uh, joint ventures and, and buy, renovate, refinance. And I kind of learned the, the joint venture mold. And I was like, well, if I can find someone who's going to give me the money at a, at a rate or a percentage rate, then I, I take full ownership. Um, so I basically reached out and I started going down the road of private lending and, and basically high, high interest lending that allowed me to keep hundred percent of the property at completion. So instead of having to give 50% and not having payments, I had payments throughout the renovation process, but it was at a higher interest rate and I ran the numbers and I, I kind of looked at it and it's okay. Well, year one, year two, um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm winning as a, as a joint venture. And then I looked at it and I said, okay, well, what about year five, year 10, year 20? Um, if I want hundred percent, a lifetime value of doing this on my own and, and paying high interest is, is much higher than if I only own half of it. So I think that was where I started exploring and I started saying, okay, well, this obviously isn't going to be easier. Otherwise everyone would be doing it. So success is simple, not easy. And so it was a matter of just finding out the simple steps it's going to take to do so. And through, as I mentioned before, it was actually the right club that I was a, a part of and I did a couple of the, the full day seminar workshops that an hour hour and a half long and I started building some relationships with the mortgage broker that kind of saw kind of a future with me and, and some success and, and a history of learning through uh, 
uh, trial and error and, and believed in me. So we sat down and scheduled a plan, uh, a time to meet and drew out a plan and drew out, okay, well, what are we going to do? How are Robbie and I going to buy four properties a month? And how are we going to get our kid to our goal of 48? And then we started taking action. And our first closing was uh, October 3rd. It's actually really funny because that property didn't end up closing. And we haven't, I haven't encountered this in any of my real estate experience or my investing experience otherwise. And the reason it didn't close was because the seller was uh, a little bit older. He's an elderly man and he was sick. And so he sold the property, but he was fully aware he was selling it. And then come close to the closing date, uh, we got a message from his lawyer saying that he wasn't going to close and he was pulling out. And we were a little bit taken back and said, wait a second, you can't do that. We had private lending lined up. And that is definitely one risky run with private lending is that when you have a lender lined up and they put the money in the account already and it's with the lawyers, so there's a lender fee and there's a broker fee that's sunk cost. It doesn't matter whether the property closes or not. You have costs involved. Lawyers have been putting in work. You're paying the lending side. Um, you're paying the, the lender's lawyer's fees as well. So we ended up having 15 or 20,000 in costs and we didn't end up getting to close. Um, so that was another kind of hurdle we had to overcome. We have since closed that property. It is now complete and being refinanced. And uh, the man that actually uh, had to pull out, it was his daughter or his, his niece or someone that, that kind of kiboshed it initially. And then he ended up passing three months later. So uh, he passed, he didn't pass in the house, but he was living in the house up until he went to the hospital. And so we had to go through probate and we closed on the property. I think it was February this year, maybe March this year. And it was one of our best projects yet. Um, it, was a, it was a duplex already. And so we just kind of did some, some cleanup. We were in and out of the project in six or seven weeks. And uh, I think we lifted it 140 grand or something. And our, our total reno was 40. So, uh, it was a, a pretty good lift. We were actually thinking of converting it to a triplex, but uh, the time it would have taken to make it into a triplex would have been a few months longer. And it made more sense just to keep it as a duplex. And it's, it's our highest uh, rental income property. It's one of the larger duplexes that we own now. Okay, great. So you've delved in a little bit about the private money thing. Um, do you want to, do you want to, do you want to dig in a little bit? Tell us about, um, okay. So I guess through the process, you, you decided, Hey man, I'm going to look into private money. I can, I can keep 100% of the property for myself. Where do you go from there? So I guess you, you have to see what your risk is and what you're willing to be okay with. Because when we're looking at private money, I mean, I'm, we were borrowing, we're actually borrowing 100% of the purchase price. Now, a lot of it was from RSP uh, mortgages, which are maxed out. You can, I think it's legally only 80% or 85% that you're allowed to do. So we were getting a top up, um, but you have to have someone that believes and trusts you. Um, the other thing you can look at is after repair value lending. So what we have now is, is a number of, of investors that will basically look at the finished product and look at our history of being able to do the purchase, the renovation, the refinance. We're buying these houses at say 200,000. We put 150,000 in with 350 in and refinance at five or 550. Um, so they'll end on 75% of that after repair value in drops. So they may say, okay, well, we'll close on the property. We'll do the closing costs and then we'll give you enough to get your demo and your framing done. Um, you, we can come inspect it. You can provide us photos, whatever that may be. And then we do plumbing, electrical rough in, and they give us another draw. And then we do kind of our inspection for insulation and vapor barrier and, and boarding another draw and then finishes. And then at that point in time, we go back to the bank and do the refinance. So there is definitely a trust factor that has to be involved. And uh, you do have to either have a track record or have someone that believes in you. Um, you can start off with family members. I mean, your friends and family are definitely someone who if they've seen success, they've seen you attending these classes, they want to get involved. Maybe they're like, Hey, you know what? I'm willing to lend and, and I, I want 8% or 9% or 10% of my money. Um, also with the private mortgages, they're usually interest only. So um, 
what we're doing is we actually pay our, our mortgages, our interest only, and then the renovation portion is uh, deferred and paid at the end. So we're paying 8% on our mortgages. Uh, there's a lender fee and a broker fee, and then we're paying between 13 and 17% on the hard money loan, which is the, the actual renovation budget. So um, there's different lenders do different ways. I, I just actually, I'm signing off on paperwork for a property closing August 31st. Um, yeah, I just got the commitment from the lender and he has basically said that he'll do a 12% deferred interest across the entire amount. So he's providing us with the purchase and the renovation at one rate for the whole amount. Um, although there's other lenders that say, oh no, we want to lend on the mortgage is one position and then we'll do a, a promissory note loan for the second. Again, it really comes down to the lender and you have to make sure you, you, you're well versed in it. That's why I say lifelong learner because I'm always learning new ways and, and new lenders and different people that may be open at some point in time um, to having that conversation. And, and some people have a higher risk tolerance and some have a lower risk tolerance. And you need to determine what you're doing. If it's an 80% loan to value or a 75% loan to value, I'm not going to pay the same rate as if we're doing 125% of the purchase price. So yeah, you can go to a bank and I mean, I think I heard of a rate of 299 yesterday, um, which was kind of awesome. And, and that's great if you're buying a primary residence, you're moving into it, or you're doing one property at a time. Um, Although you can't scale your portfolio by, by constantly going to the bank and saying, hey, I want 3% money because what's in it for the bank? Um, they, don't, they don't want to see you buy renovated refinancing. They're not, they don't really want to come back to them four months later and say, hey, I bought this for 200 it's for 500 They don't really care what you put into it. Um, it's, it's more risk. And the bank's very uh, risk adverse. And that's why they're so successful in what they do. And, and private lenders are willing to take a higher, a higher risk for a higher return. So is that kind of touch on enough of it? Or do you want me to go a little deeper in the, the private lending? No, that's good. Um, now, you decided that you were going to scale up, right? So you decided at one point you're going to um, start a corporation and just take off and buy these four properties um, a, a, a month. Where are you finding them all? So recently, we've had a few from wholesalers. I think we've closed on 10 properties now this year, seven to 10, somewhere in that range from wholesalers. Um, one was an agent that came to me and, and basically told me, Hey man, I'm, I'm in a bind and we're listed at X amount and, uh, we need a firm deal by the end of the week. Um, or we're going to like not be able to close on the other property. Um, I'll, we're willing to do hundred grand off the price. And so we ran our numbers. Well, like, okay. If the numbers work, then, then I'm, I'm happy to do that. And most of them have been on MLS to be honest. Um, I don't represent myself on many, if any of my deals, I, I, I personally have a fiduciary duty to my clients. And so I don't like to compete. I actually have in the past a uh, property where my business partner put an offer on a home and I put an offer on a home for a client and the client got it. And so my business partner wasn't overly happy about that. Um, but it's my fiduciary duty as, a, as an agent, it comes first. And, and when I'm working with a client, I want to make sure that I, I give them first right of refusal. So a lot of the properties, the areas that I sell in, um, I'm not purchasing in. So uh, I do actually have agents that, work for us one one full-time down in st catherine's and then a couple other full-time agents that um that put offers in on pretty much everything so we're always we're always buying we're always looking and uh, market price uh and list price is not always the same and what you're having to pay is, is never the list price um sometimes it's more sometimes it's less but i don't know any time that i've actually paid the exact advertised price usually it's it's five grand ten grand under sometimes a hundred grand under all the way to five ten fifty grand over so I think that's a big, big misconception is that off market deals aren't the only way to be successful. You can always make a, you can always make a good deal. If you have an agent that, that knows their, their market and they know how to negotiate. I always have conversations with, with agents selling agents and say, Hey, what's, what's most important for your clients. And 
I've had people call me and say, we need this closed in three weeks. We need a firm offer today and we're willing to sacrifice price a little. Well, in that case, if we can close in three weeks and we can get a good deal on it, we have a win-win situation for everyone. So I think realistically, the majority of our properties come off MLS. Um, we do have a couple of wholesalers that bring us some deals. Um, we have a couple of, of like neighbors now because we have so many properties that'll come over and say, hey, I saw what you've done. I'm interested in selling. Do you want to buy the home? I'll save on commission. And we look at it and say, if, if you're willing to take this, then great. Uh, as an agent, I'd, I'd go in and I'd say, okay, well, on the market, that may be worth $200,000. Um, I'm, I'm willing to pay 150 right now and I'll throw my commission in and I'll just say, I can close in three weeks if that's what you're looking for. And then, then it's entirely up to the seller. I'm not, I'm not lying. I'm not hiding anything. I'm telling them, Hey, market value. If I was to list this on MLS, I'd list it at 200 grand and I'm willing to, to buy it off you for 150 or 160 and we can close in three weeks and we can satisfy your needs. Um, and if you're, if you're finding a, a solution for a seller, then you, there's all, all kinds of different ways to find Awesome. So um, we and, and wholesaling, why don't we just quickly say what that looks like just for maybe people that don't know. So wholesaling is usually done um, where there is. How do you meet the wholesalers too? Where have you met them? Honest, honestly, all meetup groups. So all the wholesalers I meet are at meetup groups because that's where they're going to meet their buyers. I mean, you go to a real estate investing meetup group and the majority of people there want to take action and they, they want to buy property. So uh, wholesalers, it's their best form of marketing to go to those. And uh, so we've met all of our wholesalers at meet at different meetup groups. Basically what they'll do is they'll do different advertising. I mean, I have one wholesaler that spends like $30,000 a month on advertising. He does pay-per-click, he does flyer drops, he does door knocking. Uh, he has a full staff behind him. Like he's turned into a, it's his full-time job. Like it's, it's a career. Um, and so they're always coming up with, with off-market deals or, or deals that may be even on market that, um, they may get on a contract at a lower rate or whatever it may be. Sometimes if there's a markup, a wholesale deal is ultimately just a property that's purchased uh, under market value for whatever the reason is, and then resold to someone else. So instead of double closing, there's also a double close. Um, a wholesale is, hey, I, I've now got this property under contract. Sandy, you want to buy this off me? I paid 150. Uh, are you willing to pay me 180? It's worth 220 on the market. And mm -hmm. then as an investor, I look at that and say, well, if it's worth 220 on the market and I can get it for 180, I'm still getting a deal. I don't really care if the wholesaler makes 50 grand, 100 grand. I don't care what he makes if, if I'm still getting a deal. Um, so you have to analyze it and make sure that you're still getting a number that you like. And that's the important part is to make sure that you're within the ballpark of what you think is reasonable, still run your own comps. Um, but at the end of the day, what I pay is what matters to me and, and what the seller earns is what should matter to the seller as well. So what's in his pocket and if he's able to pay off his debts or whatever's needed, the reason he's selling is that. Awesome. So challenges, we've talked about a bunch, I think already maybe, but what are, what are any other challenges that come to mind? Uh, they've been able to, over, uh, really, how did you overcome them actually? Maybe specific to um, the private. I guess I can be really, rather, uh, well, yeah, I, I guess I can be pretty vulnerable here and explain some of the areas. Cause I mean, this isn't a, it's not a smooth ride. I mean, going through the private lending, you can have lenders pull out the day of closing. You can have lenders say, Oh, I, whatever the reason may be. I mean, we've had, uh, some RSP mortgages that are held up at Olympia Trust or, or Canadian Western Trust and Canadian Western Bank, I think it is. Um, and the lender decides that, oh, the money's tied up because it was supposed to be released to TD and it's a four-day hold. And you're like, wait a second, this is supposed to close today. Why wasn't it done ahead of time? Um, so we've had a number of delays. We've, we've had to, to delay. And, and that's why it's really important to have a good power team because our, our mortgage broker is always on the phone pushing that through or, or doing the top up where needed or advancing funds in certain ways to make sure it's possible. Uh, and then our lawyer, again, he's been lights out. I mean, some of the stuff he's been able to negotiate for us is, is really impressive. I want to get him on my team as a realtor now. Um, but yeah, there's, there's all kinds of issues that you can bump into. 
Um, I'm out of, I, I travel quite a bit. So when I'm traveling and, and we have a closing, sometimes a lender won't allow me to sign it um, without being in front of my lawyer. So I'll have to do it on FaceTime. I'll sign it in front of him on FaceTime. He can record it, proof that I've actually walked through the contract with him if they ever came back on us. And then I have to mail the original copies back. Um, I mean, lawsuits are something else that can come up. We're encountering a couple right now that are just like little legal battles that there's one guy that's trying to claim ownership in four of our properties that has I met him once in my life. And it's like, how does that make any sense? So um, it, it does, it can definitely put a hold on, on some different things. And um, there's definitely hiccups that come in and come through obviously any real estate investing year, you're, you're in a world that uh, there's can be high upside and, and there's also lots of risk. So you have to look at it and analyze it and say, okay, well, am I comfortable if this property gets held up a month? or am I comfortable if I can't close on this property? Um, and we've, we've had to just deal with it and overcome those, those different areas. Have you had any challenges as far as permitted use or renovation challenges or anything like that as well? Absolutely. Um, we actually had a story where our engineer went to the, uh, the board or down to the, to the city to apply and he was doing revision after revision after revision. And he was supposed to be at a committee of adjustments. And we found out that he told us that the committee of adjustments was canceled um, or that he wasn't allowed in or it was full. And when we went back to the city afterwards, the city told us that he came in and, and was screaming at them on, on the phone and that he was basically demanding stuff that was unacceptable. So, I mean, you have to work with the people that you're around and you have to be able to trust them and, and you have to be able to kind of make sure that you're, you're helping everyone. I mean, if we walk into the city and we start screaming at them, they're just going to say no. I mean, they have the power to do that. So um, we do a lot of committee of adjustments. That's that one property I told you about where the elderly man passed away and we had delays. Um, that property in, in particular, we were going to make it in triplex and it was only his own duplex. Um, but when we purchased it, the, our guy that our inspector, they went to look at it said, Oh yeah, yeah, we can do a triplex. No problem. So we could have gone for a minor variance and, and gone for committee of adjustments and changed the zoning on it. So we were allowed and, and they said, yeah, we'll, we'll most likely pass that, but you still have to go through the process. So we had to determine at that point in time, where we're going to spend the four months or whatever it may be uh, holding the property not doing anything to the property while we go through that process of the city or we just make it into duplex. And so we just made it into a duplex and we're finishing the basement as just a storage room. Um, so we're putting a bunch of our stuff in the basement and it has the proper ceiling height. Like it can be legalized, but zoning doesn't allow it. So um, I know right now, like just two days ago, it was the 19th of August, um, Hamilton passed uh, a new zoning regulation where downtown, uh, they increased some of their, their no parking requirement zones. So now there's houses that would have required parking that officially don't. Um, so zoning, it changes and, and cities are pretty slow moving on that kind of stuff. But you also have to realize that they have a lot on their plate as well. I mean, do I wish they moved faster? Absolutely. But there's a ton of people that walk in and, and say, I want this tomorrow. I want that tomorrow. And they're dealing with all kinds of problems as well. So you just got to look at it and, and see how can I make this a scenario that's winning a win for everyone? And how can I make it easier? How can I make my life easier on them? And sometimes that's having a second engineer review your drawing or have someone else look at it ahead of time so that your drawings get approved every time. I work with an architect in Hamilton and very rarely do I run into problems with him because whenever I recommend him, he, he's been to the city so many times, he knows what we're going to accept, what they're not going to accept. And um, so usually he submits the application, we get from it two weeks later. So um, I guess familiarizing yourself with it and working with a good power team is, is really, really important. Uh, my team and I just actually ran a uh, legal suite conversion course and street tour a few weeks ago on a Saturday. And we had the architect come in, we had a mortgage worker come in, we had about 85 people register, we filled the bus, we went out and looked at a bunch of properties. Um, we have a couple of people putting offers in on those properties as well. And it was because of the fact that we knew our stuff. Like they were asking questions that I thought was basic, but now that we're in this and we do it every day, 
we kind of under underestimate and undervalue some of the knowledge that we have. Um, so always learning and always educating and always helping others answering questions. I always tell my clients, like, I'm, this isn't a transaction. When you buy a property off me, I want you to call me if, if you have a leaky, leaky uh, basement or if your plumbing fails or you want some landscaping done. Or, I mean, I've even heard one of the agents I was, I learned this from actually is if you want to go on date and you need a babysitter and you can't find one, call me, we'll find you one. So um, at the end of the day, we're, we're a full value add service and, and that's what we try and do with our clients and with our own business. So um, knowing your information is really important and always education and educating. And that's where I think that spending the money and the time that I did for a number of years on all those different training programs was super important. Yeah, that's another thing too that um, that people don't understand, especially clients, if they think that they're they're bothering by giving a call. Is quite frankly, well, we might be able to help them out, and obviously, don't mind because at the same time, you are expanding your education just by talking to them and the problems that they're having. So, hundred percent. I mean, the, one of the easiest ways to learn is to teach, right? If you're going to teach something, you better know it, and if you don't mm -hmm. know it, you better ask. And that's something I always admit to my clients as well. It, it happens a lot less now than it did when I started, but. I said, hey, I'll always be 100% honest with you. I'll always be open. And if I don't know the answer to something, I know someone that does. And I'll find that person out and I'll make sure that I, I learn that, educate myself on it, and update myself on it. So uh, you have a lot of you have a lot of properties on the go, a lot of a lot of renovations, all that sort of stuff. A lot of uh, lawyers, finance, stuff to deal with. What type of systems do you have to deal with all these uh, moving parts? So, I mean, I, I talked about the holding 100% of something and then, the reason I have a partner that I have is neither of us are a money partner. We, we do private investing, but we looked at it and said, okay, well, if I'm going to go and do all the management and I need to implement the systems, then it's going to take me years to get where I'm at. And so I sought out Robbie and, and he's done a, he has it all. He has a full-time property manager. He has a full-time recruiter. He has a uh, full-time cleaning company. He has uh, 68 contractors last time I checked. It, it's, it's, it's a system that, that's really well organized and it's a, a great operating machine and I mean, he doesn't even see the properties all the time. We have our architect or engineer goes through and does the walkthrough for home inspections. So I have to give a lot of credit to Robbie and, and the fact that he's the one who has, he's the one who manages the day-to-day -day of the operation side of things. I'm just the one who kind of sits in the lawyer's office five out of seven days a week and signs <laughs> paperwork and um, goes and negotiates different deals with the lenders and, and uh, finds different lenders and finds different money and, and moves some money around and does payments and stuff like that. But it's about the people you have in your world. And a lot of that is learning experience. So could our systems be better? Absolutely. They could always be better. Um, but I think that you guys should uh, have, have my partner Robbie on, on the uh, podcast once. He can talk about all the systems for the whole, whole duration of your hour if you'd like. Yeah, it all sounds like fun though. Yeah. I'll tell you that it's a heck of a lot better than, I don't know, laying bricks or, or, or like sitting in a cubicle. Painting. Yeah, painting. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, painting is one of those jobs I absolutely hate. And that's what made me a good salesman with painting is I'm like, I will never paint. I picked up a paintbrush like four hours my first year and people would say, I really don't want to spend money on this, but I don't want to do it myself. And I'm like, great. Well, what is your opportunity cost? Because painting is relatively inexpensive um, in relation to other trades, electrical and plumbing and whatnot. So, I mean, that's something that you can save money on if you want, or you can hire it out. And what's your, what's your time worth, right? You know, mm -hmm. I heard something the other day that um, time is not money, but money can buy back time. So that was an interesting little takeaway I got from uh, our conference last week that I was at is you can always buy more time by with more money. So what is your hourly wage? What is your hourly rate and figure out what that is. And if you can replace that with a cheaper rate, then you're technically buying back your time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so now you've expanded, you've had a lot of success with this. 
where do you see things going in the future? Um, well, a hundred doors was a big thing. I mean, one of the reasons, one of the things I got into when I got into real estate, I heard of someone that had 180 doors and retired at 37 or 38 years old. And, uh, it was kind of like, how is that possible? That was only a couple of years ago. And, uh, and looking at it now, I was like, oh, with 180 doors, you got to be a multi-billionaire. Like, then you got to realize like, okay, with an accumulation period, there's a time where you're actually like putting the work in your, your, you're financing a bunch of it. Um, yeah, cash flow comes, but that comes when it's finished. So a lot of what we're doing right now, we're still negative cash flow, but we're still injecting additional capital for private lending. Um, so I guess the future really is, is we had a plan in place that we wanted hundred million in holdings by the end of 2019, um, through my coach, Stefan Arneo, I've, he's kind of most of his coaching clients. He says, well, let's, let's double your numbers. Let's, let's make you stretch your thinking and go a little bigger. And, um, it's been the opposite with me where he's like, well, let's, let's keep you in check and not let you burn out. So it's been really awesome having conversations with him on a weekly basis. And so he said, well, you know what, sometimes you have to take your goal and stretch over two, two years. So we've now taken that hundred million dollar goal and we're stretching it over two years. So by the end of 2020, that's the goal. And we've revisited it and we sit together. Um, my partner and I sit together and, uh, we talk about our strategy and, and upcoming and what we're going to do. Um, and then again, just recently I bought that building. So that's, that's super exciting as well. And, and I had that plan with Robbie, although that building is actually with, uh, another partner that's it's been awesome to work with as well. Um, David is, he's been, he found that property and, and we're able to, to run with it. So we was able to find a private lender that basically said, yeah, we'll, we'll throw the cash in and it's a high rate. Um, but it's also something that he's got deep pockets and able to grow with. So I think my personal next goal would be, uh, to get to the hundred million. And then beyond that would be the thousand doors. And it's not, it's not the value. It's not the dollar value and it's not the number of doors. Um, it, it really comes back to my why statement and my why statement that I found a, about a year and a half ago after I listened to read Simon Sinek's find your why was to inspire others through success to think bigger and live your endless potential. And I'll repeat that. So to inspire others through success, to think bigger and live around this potential. And the reason I bring that up is because I've, Quite often I've been told that I, my life revolves around money and earning money and whatnot. And as I mentioned earlier, giving is something that has really become close to me recently. And the reason I want to inspire others through success is because you can do anything you want to do for your mind to it. If you work on your mindset, you make a plan, you take the proper steps, you, you seek out help, um, you can really accomplish anything you want. And so it's extremely humbling and really, really rewarding for me when I have a conversation and someone calls me out of the blue and says, Hey man, I want to know exactly what you're doing. Like, tell me all your secrets. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, uh, why I, I, I want your secrets, right? Like it's <laughs> people that are asking me questions. I'm like, I, I need to look up to you. I listen to you on a podcast and I want to know more. And, and it's about collaboration and sharing. So it's not necessarily about, um, this is what I have, or this is the money I make, or this is the doors I have. It, it's more about, I mean, we're gentrifying cities. Like we're taking, uh, some cities and we're, we're taking areas that maybe the average house price is $200,000. And we're, because we're improving that we're taking really crappy areas and we're making them nicer areas. And we're gentrifying those neighborhoods to, we had one guy come up to us and said, we didn't like what you're doing in our neighborhood when you first started doing it. And thanks to you over the last three years, this is Robbie, uh, but thanks to you over the last three years, we're actually able to sell our home and move to Florida two years early. And to hear stories like that, like we're impacting whole neighborhoods. And this is a retired couple. They have no other income. Their house is everything. So when you're taking a home that might've been worth 150 or 200,000 and you're renovating it. So now all the other houses around it are worth 50 or hundred or $200,000 more. Um, that's, that's really giving back to the neighborhood. That's giving back to the communities and it's affecting people in ways that you don't, you don't see, you don't know. And uh, a really, a really awesome line that I heard, I think it was last year on a podcast was um, always be the best version of yourself and always kind of demonstrate success and, and do 
be, be positive and be grateful because you never know when someone hears something that you say that you may not think is a big deal, but they do. And uh, there's a number of people that I can, that I can shout out to on the fact that I've, I've heard something and I had a conversation last week and, and uh, one of my managers in, in a, a little group that I'm a part of has said a couple of things to me that she didn't realize she said, but they're things that have driven my passion and my, um, my drive towards success in, in different areas. So always be careful with what you're saying and make sure that you're always positive and, and be the best version of yourself. And so that's where, that's where my why statement really comes into play and, and inspiring others through success. And I, I, it's, it's not impossible, but it's, it's rare where someone follows someone who's poor uh, and says, I want to be like them. Usually it's, it's someone who's doing well. They have a lot of doors. They have a lot of money. They have a lot of income. They're, they're giving back in some way, shape or form and says, I want to follow that guy's footsteps. Um, I want to be around that person. I want to, you are the average of the five people you spend your time around. Do you want to be increasing those five or do you want to be decreasing those five, whether it be in net worth or it be in gratitude or it be in culture or it be in donations, whatever that may be, find that area and, uh, and surround yourself around the people that you want to be a part of and you want to be in business with. Love it. Okay. So let's get right into it. Let's, let's dig into this event that you guys are putting on here. Tell us about that. All right. So um, Sandy and I met up in, actually, you know what, I'll go back a little further. So August last year, I took over a role in Keller Williams, uh, in kind of a, a little offset company we have called Keller Williams Young Professionals. And it's for realtors under 40 in our Keller Williams community. And it's an opportunity for us to really create what we want. Um, we were recently compared to a two-year-old toddler. And so it's, it's a company that's really small, it's in its infancy. Um, it's just a group that gets together and, and we focus on education, we focus on social, we focus on culture um, and, and charity and giving back. And so Sandy and I sat down in December when he came on as VP um, at, of our little chapter in Golden Horseshoe. We started out as five members and we're now the largest KWIP chapter in the world, which is kind of exciting. And so we sat down in December and we put together what we call a 135 or a GPS. And a GPS basically has your one goal and then your three priorities to get there. And then your five strategies around each priority in order to get that. And so we looked at our one goal at the time was initially a number of, of members. And then we're like, well, that's not really a true goal. What our goal is, is to be the top chapter. We want to be the number one chapter. We want to win chapter of the year. And what does that look like? And so we broke that down into the different priorities we had. to do. And so one of those priorities was giving back. And so we wanted to focus on education. We wanted to focus on social and we wanted to focus on charity. And so we sat down and we started brainstorming and this was really, really the think bigger and live endless potential comes in because Sandy and I had a conversation and we said at hundred, hundred guys who care, um, where a hundred people get together once a month and put a hundred dollars into the kitty and you get $10,000 and then you donate $10,000 to a charity and you just get together, you have a bar, you have a couple of drinks, you socialize and it's a networking event. We're like, that'd be a cool experience. And then we're like, well, we can do more <laughs> and we can be bigger. And so we started kind of stretching each other thinking like, okay, it's $10,000 enough for us to donate this year. And, like, well, we can make a bigger impact. So how about 25? So we started drawing out what a $25,000 donation would look like. And about, I don't know, 15 minutes later, um, the, the think bigger part of me kind of looked at Sandy and said, I accidentally put an extra zero at the end of that 25,000. <laughs> and he said, and he, he kind of looked at me and said, so we're raising 250,000 now. Um, and there was no hesitation. It was, it was <laughs> a, you know what, we're going to do this. And so we said, okay, well, we got to think bigger now. We got to really put this on a larger scale. So what we've started doing is we work backwards and say, okay, well, we want to donate $250,000 to charity. How are we going to raise $250,000 over the course of the year? And it really came down to a large charity event, a large gala. And so we kind of mimicked uh, a large like evening charity event um, around one of our local board uh, charity events and galas. They raised 80 or 90 grand at just a, a little gala. Um, and there was a couple hundred people there. And so we said, okay, well, why don't we do a dinner? And then through our, our company, Color Williams, we have something called Mega Camp. And it, it started out as 30 people in a room and now it's 8,000 or so. And uh, 
ultimately what it is, is it's a couple of panels and it's information and it's speakers and it's talking about mindset and it's talking about growth and it's talking about uh, rookie panels or investing panels, whatever that may be. Um, and we said, okay, well, how are we going to draw people in? And so one of the mindset shifts for me is I read a book called the miracle morning by Hal Elrod. And if you haven't read it, I would highly recommend it. It's like 120 pages. You can read it in a day if you really want to. Um, and how, how talks about how he's, he's had, he's fought through adversity, adversity, uh, been near death multiple times, fought, fought cancer multiple times, and he's overcome it. And he, he really brings it back to the savers, silence, affirmation, visualization, reading, exercise, and scribing or journaling. Um, and so we're like, okay, that's a mindset thing that really can get people up and get them moving. So November 11th and 12th, we have Hal Elrod as our headline speaker. And then we have a number of panels in between talking about different real estate techniques. Um, we have Mike McCann, who's one of the top real estate agents, or he was the top real estate agent in Philadelphia for decades. Uh, he's coming to speak to us as well. Uh, Bob Lucido, who's transacted over 2000, I think it was almost 2,500 transactions last year, has a large expansion team in our, in our industry. Um, one of the largest teams I would say in, in all of real estate, he's speaking to us as well. Um, Ellie Manateas, who's a, uh, a coach and a trainer. She's speaking on emotional intelligence. We have John Montgomery, who is the host of uh, amazing race Canada. And he was a gold medalist for skeleton in Vancouver and, uh, commonly known for walking down the streets of Vancouver with a big pitcher of beer and kind of yeah. cheersing everyone after he won a gold medal. So it's a little fun story there as well. Um, and then obviously we have other speakers as well. Like the list goes on and, and we'd be here a half an hour if I talked about the whole lineup we have. Um, but it's a really awesome, awesome opportunity for uh, real estate investors, real estate agents, mortgage brokers, lawyers, everyone in the real estate world and industry, we're really focusing it on mindset. We're focusing on how to get there, like the growth aspect of things. And it's fun to get into numbers and it's fun to get into, okay, well, how did you get 215 doors? Honestly, the only thing I can really tell you is mindset. It came down to mindset. It came down to the belief and the fact that I could do it myself and that I could find the mentors to do it with. And, and that's where we're trying to fill the stage or we are filling the stage with, with mentors that are going to stretch your thinking and that are going to get you to a position where um, you are going to be happy and you are going to be where you want. And if that is a house a year, great. If that's five houses in 20 years, great. If you just want to replace your active income with passive income so you can retire at 40, let's do that too. Let's put together a plan on how you can do that. And so this is an area and a space that over a two-day period, we're going to surround you with like-minded individuals that are going to have actually experienced it. We're going to give you time to network. We're going to give you uh, some of the tools that we've used, some of the sponsors that we've had, uh, some of our vendors, our lawyers, our mortgage brokers that have helped us get where we are. They're going to be available to talk as well. We're looking forward to it. Um, and, and it's going to be and people coming from all over North America, at least right now. I know that we have uh, a group coming in from Florida. We have a group coming in from New Jersey. We have a group coming in from Texas, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Michigan. I mean, the list goes on. So it's a really awesome event. And I think you guys can share stuff in the, the notes or whatever. So we can, we can share a, um, a link for the information. And, and there's a couple of VIP tickets as well, where you can actually meet some of the speakers. So we have Hal staying afterwards to, to speak at, at our VIP event and doing a meet and greet. He's doing a book signing. So we're actually uh, going to do a book signing for his new book, Miracle Equation, where he actually talks about the steps required to, to create lasting miracles on your own. And yeah, so we'll share that. And Sandy, I mean, I, this isn't something we talked about ahead of time, but we can probably do some kind of discount code um, just for your, your listeners, if you'd like. So what we're going to do for your listeners, actually, is uh, Andy and I had a conversation ahead of time. And we decided that since you guys are loyal listeners and, and leave all kinds of awesome reviews for these guys and keep following the Breakthrough Podcast, we're actually going to do $50 off on our event November 11th and 12th um, with a discount code Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Yeah, if you use that, you can go on our, over our website, uh, realestategrowthsummit.ca. 
I click register. Uh, that'll take you to the Eventbrite page where you can register and sign up. Um, or you can go right through Eventbrite and search Real Estate Growth Summit. You'll find it that way too. And just enter the promo code breakthrough and you'll, you'll see the pricing change. It'll be 50 bucks off. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll do that uh, ongoing, let's say for now. And then um, uh, hopefully if you're out there and you're listening, you foresee some value in that. The event is in Toronto. We should probably mention where the event is. Uh, just right near the airport and uh, November 11th and 12th, full, full two days, tons of value for, for, uh, for a really, really good, good economical price in, in our opinion. You know and what? Let's also- let, I was going to say, let's light a fire under their butts, Sandy. Let's give them two weeks. You know, you don't want to just say ongoing. We got to, we got to make them take some action here. If they want that okay, money let's, off. Let's cut it right. off on September 15th. Yeah. This, this podcast is about taking massive action. So you guys let's- should be, Pausing the podcast right now and, and go into that promo code. For 150 bucks, bucks is a dinner, you know? Yeah. So yeah, let's cut me. it off. 50 bucks off by, if you register before September 15th, the coupon code will disappear after that. So jump on, on there, jump in on there now. Um, even if you don't know if you can make it, just buy a ticket. It's, it's going to be a very, very economical price. And you can always give it away to some of your uh, power team members or something like well, it that. Goes to, it goes to charity too. I mean, we have uh, KW Kids Can and, and Ronald McDonald House amongst a couple other charities that we're donating to. We're, we're actually not taking a, prop, a dollar from this. So all profit is going to be donated amongst a couple of charities and we're going to divvy it up and, yeah. and pass it out. So we're, we're doing this entirely out of the goodness of our hearts and we want to kind of create awareness and, and add as much value as we can. So um, yeah, I would also say jump in on the dinner. I think the dinner is 75 bucks and it's a, a charity dinner. And we have actually John Montgomery is a professional uh, trained live auctioneer. So we're going to have a live auction there as well. Have a lot of fun with it. And, uh, and yeah, love to see you guys all out there. So where do they go to, to find out about it again? What's the website? It is realestategrowthsummit.ca. Okay. So that'll be in the show notes, realestategrowthsummit.ca. And for the first two weeks, I'll be able to get that coupon code breakthrough. So that'll be in the show notes, everybody go over and check it out. And if you do have a problem, you can reach out to kwypgolden at gmail.com. Uh, send your email or your, your issues there and we can definitely sort it out if the coupon code's not working for whatever reason we've had to walk a couple of people through uh, it's all fixed everything's working it's just uh making sure that uh it works for you guys so we're here to help any way we can uh, i'd love to see you out there and uh and we'll the vip tickets are also available we'll apply the discount code to the vip tickets as well oh i was going to ask you can they see a list of the uh charities on the website yeah uh, yes yep. okay Right on. And uh, anything else you got going on, Dylan, coming up? Yeah, I'll, I'll share a couple other events I got coming up. Uh, September 18th, the Wright Club, which is out in uh, the Burlington Holiday Inn, just at Guelph Line in the QW, very easily accessible. Uh, they're doing an event. They do monthly events. I think it's 40 or $50 to get in. That's actually where I've, I've been able to take a lot of my massive action and found a lot of my power team from. Uh, and if you send an email to me, I can get you on the guest list, uh, get your first ticket for free. So if you haven't actually attended the Wright Club, uh, send an email to me and I can get you connected to the right person to get you on the list for free. Um, if you do show up on uh, the day of, it's probably going to sell out. I think I sell it at 275 or 300. Um, I'm actually speaking on the, on stage as well. We have a panel on, uh, there's a panel going on as well as I'm speaking about similar stuff that we just talked about. I'll go a little bit deeper and uh, my team will have a booth set up in the back for some off-market deals as well, since I know a lot of investors love off-market deals. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm going to be there September 18th. And then we're actually going to have a full day course with a power team uh, at the same location, October 5th. So I have myself speaking, we have a mortgage broker, a lawyer, an accountant, and, uh, and my architect is actually speaking as well um, at the same location. That's going to be a nine to five event. 
And there's going to be tons of value. That's actually where I met the mortgage broker that I'm working with now that's been able to make all this happen. Uh, she's great on stage and a great presenter. So uh, we can get your tickets for that as well. And that event will sell out as well. It'll probably be cut off at 150, uh, just figuring out 146 or 150, whatever the number is. So love to have you guys all come out to that as well. Um, yeah, that's what I got coming up. Okay. And um, where can they reach out to you to hear about those? So you can reach out to me by email, uh, which is Dylan, D-Y-L-A-N at elevationrealty.ca. Uh, again, Dylan at elevationrealty.ca. Um, or you can reach out to us by phone or by text at 905-592-4220. Again, 905-592-4220. And uh, obviously check us out on Instagram or Facebook as well. All that stuff's going to be in the show notes, guys. And uh, Dylan, thanks yep. for sharing all this stuff. You've been like a, a true wealth of knowledge here. And honestly, I think like a, a big motivator for people that are going to listen to this and be able to go out and at least try, maybe not to the level that you've done uh, until they get their feet wet, until they start to realize, hey, you can actually do it. That's the path that I believe all of us sort of take is go, geez, I never thought that this could be me, but now I can start to think bigger and, uh, and really start to take off. So you know what? I loved all the information that you gave us. I know that there's a ton more. Uh, maybe we will have Robbie on and he can speak on the other half of uh, the, the, the stuff that you were talking about today. So we're looking forward to that. And thanks, man. Thanks. It's been great. That was awesome. Yeah, my pleasure. I mean, like I said, that October 5th date, uh, we, have, we brought the power team together. We wanted to make it as easy as possible for you guys to take action, whether that's, like I said, one, one house or 10 houses. So come on out to that event, get your tickets, and love to see you there. Great. Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? <clears throat> uh, if they want to reach out to me, it's uh, best at info at mckayrealtynetwork.com or uh, 289-389-6846. And I'm doing property tours in different markets every other week. Uh, so we've always got something going on. They're educational tours. We go out, we discuss the regulations for second suites or student rentals or whatever it is that uh, people are looking for in, the, in those different markets. Um, focus really on Oshawa and Peterborough areas. So there's a lot of value to be had in there. So if anyone's interested in learning about those tours or just talking to me about whatever they want to talk about, you can reach me at rob at mrbreakthrough.ca or, uh, or 289 I forgot my number there for a second. Happens All right. Awesome. I guess that's a wrap. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Now, and uh, anything, any last notes there, Rob? I just wanted to get Dylan's, uh, Dylan's phrase again that he said. Uh, Leave us off with that. Okay. Which one was that? The, the inspire others through success. Oh, my why, my why statement. Yeah, yeah let's so, hear that one more time. To inspire others through success to think bigger and live their endless potential. Love it. Okay, see you next time, everybody. Thanks.